is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat again today, and this time we are joined with a guest. You've been on a couple times now, maybe. I have, this is. Yep. Miss Rose Locke. Yes. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Thanks for being here. Excited, excited to, to hear. Be here. I'm excited to have you. Yeah. Once again, the perspectives that you bring with the behind the scenes production and creative and artistic and worship backgrounds, that's all what you get a chance to bring today. So I'm excited. And once again, with us is Pastor Mark Gary. How are you, Mark? Very good. Good. Well, happy Thanksgiving yep. to each of you guys. Thank you got a couple of days until that happens so any big plans for either of you well my daughter's coming and i'm gonna be a grandmother so i'm excited oh, to see her. That did is i know that very yes, true that, okay i just forgot <laughs> did, yeah. I, so, did i know that so yeah this I know. Is, you know yeah the christmas before and she's coming comes. along what's yeah, the due January date 6th. oh that's right i knew this yeah, yeah. So i'm excited wow it's very exciting and that's gonna be your first yes yeah first. are you scared um no, I'm not scared, but I'm really excited because I'm excited to do all the things I wanted to do when my kids were little and couldn't. So I'm like, I've started a journal for her already. Oh, neat. I'm praying for her on a regular basis, and I want to share with her all the things that I feel like God is teaching me so that she, her name is Adeline Rose, so that Adeline Rose mm. will know, um, to, will, will remember the stories of, of Jesus. Cool. And we'll, you know, we, we were visiting uh, the summer with, um, or some point, it was last fall with uh, Chet and Ruth Ann Martin. Mm -hmm. Chet had been a former elder here. They live in, retired out in Ohio. But Ruth Ann gets these Bibles, and and she, um, for each, with her two grandkids, and she over, I don't know, a year or two, she writes and, and notes in those wide margin Bibles. And when those kids, and she'll do it, no, she'll do it for 18 years. That's right. Mm. Oh, when wow. they graduate from mm. high school, Hmm. She gives them that Bible wow. uh, to so her grandkids. Cool. Yeah, something so to pass on. Something to pass on. But yeah. she, it's a special gift for 18 years. I think it is. Who writes? Wow. Those. Anyway, right. well, but it's it, it's it a great segue. Our, yeah, it ties yeah. into the sermons and stuff from last week because I I believe so strongly that like God already has a story for Adeline, and you know my prayer is that He'll draw her close to His heart. And that um, she will um, become a follower, of, a passionate follower of him at an early age. And so, it, mm. you know, her story is her story is being written right now inside mm. her mother's womb and in the hearts of her family and her grandparents. And, Neat. Mm. Yeah. Well, as a continuation in this overflow series, this overflow focus, we're engaged now of how do we reach out into the world around us. And so, the prior two weeks was really diving into showing our need and showing other people that they have a need. And and now we turn the corner, I, I really feel that, okay, we've got to pass on what our need is, but what is our story so we can engage others around us to share his story. But before we do that, we might as well ask the question of others around us, what is your story? And, and get a chance to engage the world. So Rose, I'll turn your way first. Okay. Give us a brief kind of just takeaway that you had from this past week well i think i think um i've listened now i've listened to this sermon now six times that's impressive i, I think yeah I, well, we need an answer to that why is it six yeah. times well, either I, that or get a life I, rose yeah right well i i listened on saturday night a little bit i didn't uh -huh. listen like focused listening it was i was nearby listening mm -hmm. and then i listened really intently at nine o'clock mm -hmm. and then again at ten forty-five, i listened 
you know, remotely. And then because yeah, I knew you had invited me here today, I really wanted some focused listening. Huh. So yeah. I did some focused listening on my own after. And then I listened a little bit on the way in this morning because there were a couple of technical details that I wanted to hear how they had come across. Yeah. So yeah. is that five? That's is that a lot. six? It's I don't know. Four, it's just at least a lot. four or yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think my big takeaway, once again, was just the simplicity of the gospel. Hmm. How really simple it is and how we add so much complexity to it. And when we, when we listen to what others have to say, and then we are prepared with what we can say, then just they just have to believe, you know? Mm. So I think that's what struck me once again. In this. The grace, message, simplicity of the gospel. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm all about the creativity and the storytelling and, and those artistic forms, but at the core, the simplicity. Yeah. Mark, I'll turn to you. We, we do like to ask this question, you know, was there thing, were there things that missed the cut? Were there things that you didn't get a chance to share or impart to our congregation that now you have this freedom to, to unpack a little bit more? Well, one was how to place a microphone properly on the pulpit oh. <laughs> so it wouldn't roll off. And Rose, this is the rose that Mark was referring to. If you were watching, yeah, I thought online. you were going to come on and say and, and chew me out publicly. Yeah, in but. Fellowship well, Three, we saw it happen. It's okay. Well, you I don't... was gonna. I, uh, <laughs> we'll just take a rabbit trail for a second. A microphone falls. I, well, yes. I, I there are some that that microphone is a very expensive microphone that you dropped. <laughs> It has been dropped before. And Why has, don't they make them been, square? It has been, so they'll sit and, and it has not roll. been repaired before. Um, but uh, we have some, some pretty pricey microphones, and they're small, and I've dropped a couple of those. Oh. And, it, like, the microphone was fine after you dropped it, but mm. I've dropped a couple of microphones here, and then we go and plug them in, and I have just fried them. So, Mark, you know, we're, okay. you're in God, good company. God there, takes care yeah. of the simple. It's great to give to those that break microphones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll come your way Well, again. yes. Uh, yeah, there there was various things that um, uh, I, I was telling someone afterwards. We could do a whole um, learning center class or a biblical training center class, a whole whole semester mm. on evangelism and unpack right. these things more more thoroughly. So this was it felt rushed to mm. me. I okay. mean, we we covered a lot of ground, reminding people uh, to listen to some other people's stories. Well, you could talk a lot about good listening skills. Mm. Mm-hmm. Things like, um, you know, not butting in when someone, and certainly, I mean, and we're, I suppose we all do this. Someone is sharing their story, and uh, one of the no nos is to interject, yeah, I remember when that happened when I was, you know, and you, and you, you, project your story Turns then. Right back to, them, to myself. Yeah. yeah, right. And, and, and so, just unpacking that a little bit more that when you're listening to their stories listen you know to their story open your ears close your mouth and uh and make mental notes and not not notes of what you're going to retort back but really listening with uh care so you're you're hearing what they're saying so we could have dealt with that that's not necessarily even a spiritual like uh educational thing i mean that's like just social human awareness how can we do a better job of learning about others and unpack and and listening well, skills right right and, and I, there there are rank pagans who are going to hell who probably <laughs> have better listening skills better than, than i do um so that that's one um sharing your story we could have unpacked that a lot more because i didn't mention you don't necessarily want to get into all the 
details of your past life apart from Christ. You know, some people mm. have some pretty colorful mm. um, stories to tell. Um, I remember a guy, um, a friend of mine, who who had a very colorful past, and I mean, in fact, his story got on um, Pacific Guard Mission, the Unshackled program. It's a radio program out of Chicago, and it's Unshackled. And it's these stories of uh, of debauchery and whatever, and how they came to Christ. His story made that. Mm. But when he would share it publicly, um, he didn't get into the the dirty, gory. He just said, "Look, I was bad enough to go to hell, and Jesus saved me." <laughs> and and you know, there's there's that. Uh, so so I think we, we could have talked more about um, how we share our story. Um, the other at, part of that, Mark, um, the other part of listening, though, is learning the art of asking good questions. That's right. And I think that's something that I've spent a lot of time with in my homeschooling background, um, like helping students and others think through what are good questions. And if you ask the right questions, then you can help people to start to experience their own separation from Christ. So along with listening, formulating questions as opposed to formulating sentences that you're going to say. Yeah. Being, being interrogative and not declarative. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, you know, more, uh, more of that is, it, it's an art. Um, Greg Kokel, who's a, a Christian apologist out of California, he's got a ministry called Stand to Reason, has a book called Tactics that I've been pushing for years, but it's the, it's the art of asking good questions. What is, as you engage people in evangelism, ask good questions. He calls them the Columbo questions of the old TV program, sure. Lieutenant Columbo. He yeah. always asks questions. And uh, that, yeah, th- that, um, I, I do think it, it is an art that has to be um, cultivated on on being able to that and that's where good listening comes in so listening then you know how to formulate a good question and what you want is people you want people to walk away from a conversation with you whether you got to the gospel or not feeling like they've been heard that they've been cared for Hmm. and that there's someone who and what you've done is built a bridge they'll they'll come back and and continue a conversation with you at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, the and last if they're like me, they'll hear a question. You've asked them a question. In the moment, they try to answer that question, but they'll often walk away with that question still burning in their head. And I've had people come back to me and say, "Hey, I thought a little bit more about that question, and I think this is my answer to that question." And so now they've reengaged you in a conversation because of those questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it, it's 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 a. It is a sensitivity to other people, and people who ask good questions um, demonstrate a sensitivity. I and think, God to other can people. develop that over time. I mean, my sure. story is like yours, Mark. My story is when I was four. I think is when I came to faith. You know, so there's not a lot to that. Mm-hmm. But when I look back on my life to where God has led me now, He put me in position where yes, I was like a hundred percent commissioned salesperson like 10, 15 years ago, where I, I had to sell oil and grease and maintenance mm-hmm. products to people that I had no understanding of how to engage with them. And no nothing in common either. I don't go hunting. I don't go fishing. I'm not an outdoorsman. I'm not a greasehead either. I don't go and like, you know, fix cars. But I had to go sell products to people that were completely not in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and learn the skill set of listening to them, learn a skill set of sitting with them for a half an hour and just letting them talk about mm-hmm. their lives. And they don't care about my life. And so therefore, I shouldn't reveal anything about myself because they don't care. I'm allowing them to feel comfortable with me so then they will 
buy some product from me <laughs> that hopefully we can put food on my table. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a complete, like, 100%, like, not my personality type. Yeah. Not what I'm good at doing. But God put me in that position to put food on the table for my family to learn a skill set yep. that was listening yep. and allowing people to feel comfortable with me to where I could then share something and, at the time, sell products. But right. I was also selling other things, too. I was selling sure, sure. Christ and selling God at the right. same time. But God developed me in that way to give me the ability to be a better listener because yeah. he knew I needed it. Well, and so it, it's, it does come down to personality, but the nice thing about asking questions is you can be uh, a, a, a a crazy introvert, and asking questions is safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can be a, a, a loud extrovert, mm -hmm. and you can still ask questions. I mean, asking questions is an art that can be developed for anybody. I had a couple kids of, of, of our kids in, in college days go sell books for the summer. Mm. Uh, Southwestern Book Company, they go door to door around the country and sell books. And then what my one son said, man, if what he learned in terms of, of being able to do that, listening to people, mm. finding the conversations and that would open the door for that, he said that that pays some wonderful dividends in terms of how you interact with people. Yeah. So growing in our, in our listening skills mm. is, is crucial. Then learning how to, it's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Mm. I mean, you just got to let the Spirit, and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of ethereal there, but you, you're, you have to, as Paul says in Galatians 5.26, you've got to stay in step with the Spirit in tune, mm. because at some point, if it's appropriate, and I think you'll know when it's appropriate, you can begin to interject something of your story without, without th them feeling like you're cutting them off and, and, that, and that type of thing. So, you, so at some point when it's natural, um, you, you share, um, or, and, and you ask permission. Would you mind if I shared with you what, you know, what, what, what Jesus Christ means hmm. to me? Hmm. And no one's gonna say, no, I don't wanna hear what you're, what, you know. And if you've listened to their story, you've get, you've built a little passport so that they're going to listen to your story. And again, it doesn't have to be a 15-minute uh, long, uh, expansive, half-hour-long thing. It could be very compact, short, and that's why I went into how to share mm -hmm. your testimony. Three minutes. Mm -hmm. This is what I was before I trusted Christ. This is how I came to know Christ, and this is what my life has been different. So there's a preparation. There's yeah, there a little is. bit of understanding and being intentional with that, but I love the building blocks of this little mini-series that we're in of the week before of having the spiritual glasses, the, the goggles, to at least see the people from that perspective. Now we're talking about listening to them right. and the, the, the value and the impact of a story right? and, and how we all have a story yes. to share. Yes, and Rose, you, you guys put out that, that, that little handout in the back with the little uh, balloon uh, mm -hmm. comments, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a tool. People could go home, grab that thing, and fill it in. And man, they've got a three-minute personal testimony. And I, I think um, I, part of what you're talking about, Mark, is we don't want. Pe I don't think you want people to get the misunderstanding that it's not a. Con it's not a, always a one-time conversation with the salesman because we. I mean, I have someone that I've been praying for um, since the beginning of November, 
and um, the I've one, had a relationship with the one, one, the one, one, yeah. one cards. And mm. I've, I've had a relationship with this person for four years. And so now I've been praying specifically now for the opportunity to share with her my story and the gospel. Mm. And our relationship is a professional relationship. So it's not as if we're having coffee on a regular basis, but I'm trusting the Lord. It may not be next week, and it certainly may not be in April. But um, when I see this person again in September, as I probably will, that may be the opportunity. But the fact that the Lord is keeping her in front of me because I'm praying for her. Mm -hmm. And so every time I see her, I do see her with different glasses than I saw her before I started praying for her. So I do think we have to remember that it is a, a, sometimes it's a a relationship that that we've developed over time, over years, and hearts for people. And you may not be the only person. There might be some, you're, we're part of the process maybe. There might be three or four other people that God puts in their, in their life. Um, going back to the praying about this thing, uh, as you said, that's what Paul said in Galatians in that Galatians, or that Colossians 4 passage. Mm. He starts with that, be devoted to prayer mm. and praying for us at the same time that we will know how to say it, what to say. We'll make it clear. So we, we have to bathe these things mm-hmm. with prayer and and I think that's that communion we have with the Holy Spirit that that then we 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 but got to be careful that we don't not say something because I've tried to make the point that no one has ever brought to faith by simply watching you. Yeah, there has to be a conversation mm-hmm. that takes place. There's a content that has to be believed. And and how exciting it is though that God uses it's exactly what you were saying like he doesn't the rocks right was what does Christ what does Christ say on um, uh, at the triumphal entry that if the people are silent even the rocks will cry out mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yeah God can make the rocks cry out or as the leaves are falling from the trees you know the leaves Whispering. spell out whatever <laughs> sure God could do all those things but God just gives us the grace and the beauty and the wonder to see it with our own eyes when He allows us to be part. Of the process. And the privilege, we're a part of that, yeah. that he's using us to be uh, a light and a witness and a way to bring honor and glory to him by how we live our lives, then being able to verbalize and communicate the right. truth that who we know about God, and it might not be much, and it doesn't have to be much, you know, just the simplicity of the gospel that you said, Rose, that yes, we have a need, there's a hole in our soul, Christ died for us to fill that need, and you know, all and we got to do again. is believe it, right? just accept it. It's right. a gift, right. and, and if we can communicate that in thirty seconds to somebody, yeah, maybe I, there's a light bulb moment for him. I think there's a lot of things that keep us from being involved in evangelism, and and fear is one of them. You mm. know, they it's it's um they say one of the greatest fears that people have is as believers is sharing our faith because we don't know we're going to mess it up or we don't know what to say or or things like that and so one of the purposes of that message this weekend was to help people realize you don't have to complicate it just just open your mouth mm-hmm. open your ears first listen you know as you're prayerfully and then tell your story mm. and if that's as far as you get fine uh it may take months, maybe years. You're building, but at some point, as we point them to his story, you don't have to answer all the questions that people may have. We can eventually help resource that. There's people in the body of Christ that we can point them to. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, where where do you think you're going to spend eternity? If you were to, it's the old evangelism question. If you were to die tonight and stand before God and you were to say, "Why should I let you into heaven?" 
what would you say? Now, I, this is a question that just to throw out because it <laughs> popped into my head right now because yeah. I had a conversation with somebody once recently on this. Do you think, Rose, you, you've shared your faith a lot over the years. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark, too. Do you think people today, and maybe I'm thinking of younger people, but mm-hmm. that kind of a question, those old EE questions, if you were to die tonight, stand before God, and he were to say, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? Is that kind of a question as impactful and effective today? Uh, you know, someone said, we're, we're asking questions that no one are that no one's asking these days. And we got to maybe build a longer, better bridge to people. But how do you engage that? I think, I I don't know how to engage it, Mark, and I'd appreciate your insight there. But I do do get to work with young people on a regular basis. Um, And I would say that uh, one of the biggest obstacles, the the last person I encountered who really was... um, not receptive to even really hearing the gospel. Um, well, they were they were willing to let me verbalize it, but they weren't gonna. Their their bottom line was they did not really believe there was a God at all. Mm-hmm. So, and that eternity was uh, um, a myth. Didn't exist really, yeah. and that all we were was finite, um, born, die, mm-hmm. no no soul that mm-hmm. would linger forever. And so I, I have no idea how to overcome that, and I don't know if. I don't know. I, I no longer have um, the opportunity to impact that person, um, and I don't know what will happen, but I, I made sure that person heard the gospel every chance they got from yeah. everyone that could possibly yeah. hear it. So I know they've heard the gospel, but will they but in that, we you know, in this that? postmodern, post-Christian world where, um, if, you know, what was it, if a couple of weeks ago where our, our vice president, Kamala Harris, was in a classroom basically saying, well, that's, that's your truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. caught that news clip, you know, yeah. and that's very postmodern. You know, your truth. Well, that's wonderful for you. I it's, I don't need that. I have my own truth. I have my own truth, yeah. and it's good for me. And yeah, it's, there's it's a, very there's... interesting. Um, the like it's it's really interesting to me because um, for the first time, it, it, I engage students regularly using the Francis Schaeffer series. How should How should we then live? And um, the thing about that series is there is this underlying assumption about the biblical the truth of the bible and and this idea that god's word is complete and total truth which we know it is but there's an element of faith there Mm -hmm. when i when i even express that god's word is truth there's an element where i'm expressing faith now i've seen it over and over again and we can point to historical evidences that it's truth but convincing today's young person of that using the word of god is really challenging it is and i think that there's a sensitivity to the relationship you have with somebody in a one-on-one conversation and you know what is going to be offensive to them and what's not hopefully Mm -hmm. and and i've heard you mention that question you know if i how would you let me into your heaven what would you say one person's responded to me that sounds like a pop quiz you know it sounds like something that if I don't get that answer right, that's a one and done, and, mm. and I don't get it. So there's, there's, and that was a younger person. Mm-hmm. So there's a fear that, okay, if you come at me with one, this kind of, this question, you know, if I get it wrong, I'm not making the cut. Well, we know that's not necessarily true. So how you well, phrase it, Except that, it is true that if they don't trust Christ, if, if they, they get that trusted, wrong. Right. But is the, there really going to be like somebody asking a question of you that yeah. you have to answer at that moment? Right, no. right. 
our name's written in the Lamb's yeah. Book of Life. We know that. So, there, so it's, it's the sensitivity to maybe the culture and the generation that you're raising That's is right. the question. Yeah. And, and how can, I think maybe for me, I'm overly sensitive. So maybe I knew, need to do a better job of being a little more direct at some times mm-hmm. with my conversations. Because I have two or three people that I'm praying for as well. And, and they're, they're friends of mine, had a relationship for years. But I haven't had that as direct conversation. Yeah. But I know they're temperament and their own personality, and I know what might work for them. Yeah. So I think there's a balance, especially in our society today. If we're That's engaging raising, the yeah. world today of your truth, my truth, you know, general truth out there, well, yeah. there's got to be a way that, like the Apostle Paul, you know, I'm going to be all things to all men in order to win them for over for mm-hmm. Christ. How can we do that with the relationships that we have one of, one in that moment? One of the moment? things that I found helpful, um, I've shared the gospel with several um, college-age young women, and um, one of the things I found helpful for them is one of the, they won't necessarily say that the Bible is, is truth. They will say the Bible is your truth if you believe in God. Um, but what they will acknowledge in their heart, in their soul, and it's just built into us by God, is that there has to be something bigger than just mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There has to be something bigger than just government. And there has, you know what I mean? Like they will acknowledge that. Yeah. And then they will, I, what I'll often do is I'll say, um, so like Buddhism, Hinduism, some of those other religions, like there's a path to find nirvana. There's a path to find God. And so what I will talk to them about a lot is if there is something bigger that has to be, it has to be more together than I am. Because I'm not organized and I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I can't do all these things. So if there's something bigger, it has to be better than yeah. me and every other human. And I think that, that what, what makes biblical Christianity stand out from all that other and, and how we can help them see that bigness that's beyond them is, uh, comes down to who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. So at some point, I always get back to his conversation. Story. Right, is, yeah. is his story. And yeah. I can say, you know, do you believe that Jesus was a real person? Well, of course. I mean, it's a historical, and, you know, mo- most people will say yes. I don't think I've ever had anybody say, no, I never knew. No, I think, I think that's a myth. There never was a Jesus. No, everybody's willing to admit <laughs> that. And, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if I can ever improve upon C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity. He was either then a liar or a mm. lunatic or he was right. who he claimed to be. Right. Who, yep. who was he? And, and, and somehow focusing on Christ, all those other questions become peripheral. It is, bottom line is, who, as he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And then who do you believe him to be? Right. You know, you can come up with the excuses, oh, I don't know about my grandparents, and, you know, I don't, I'm worried about them, and if they died. And, well, okay, let's boil it down. Unfortunately, let's get really selfish right now. Who do you say that he is? Mm-hmm. You know, what is this personal relationship that you may or may not have with Christ? What does that look like? Yeah. You know, and make really pinpoint to yeah. the personal. And I think I once know. you focus on that and, and who Christ was... You, you, it, it, it opens up opportunities for discussion, I think, and opportunities for proclaiming the gospel that you just never had before. So it, it's who do you think Jesus was and what he did? And then you just ask, would you mind if I shared with you hmm. who Jesus claimed to be? Hmm. And, and then you go through it. He, you know, God who came to die for our sin. You share the gospel. Yep. Yeah. And now you can choose to believe it or not. But before you disbelieve it, 
I would challenge you to search for the and consider the historic historicity hmm. of what I've just and said. I just think it's so like it, it just it just speaks to the heart to one of my heartbeats, which is how God's fingerprints are imprinted into yeah. each one of us, and how even though each of us, when when someone enters my life. I feel like I've seen something of God that I that I wouldn't have seen otherwise because God created that individual and how we all think differently. And you brought up the C.S. Lewis argument, you know, lun- what is it? Lunatic? Liar, lunatic. Liar. Yeah. Um, and we study that with my students. I study that. And that's a that's a really great logical syllogism to study. And so now you have a way to interact with people who are really analytical and really logical. You know what I mean? And like talking about him as the creator and the Lord. Now you have the opportunity to talk to people who are really artistic. And it just mm. shows you how the sum of who God is, is, is so, I, I can't even express it now. It just takes my breath away. Yeah. Well, I, I love the title of the sermon, you know, their story, your story, his story, because just that resonates with me. The idea of everyone has a story. God has a story. And, and it's so easy to just listen to somebody else's story. Yeah. And that's, when you boil it down, that is, that's, that's something that anybody can resonate, it can, you can resonate with that. And it's easy, it makes evangelism be less scary because you're talking about the right. fear and the anxiety and what am I saying, it's am I little, saying it wrong? simple. Just boil and it down to someone that. come up to me after one of the services and says, I'm having a conversation this afternoon with somebody and now I have my outline. Mm. I'm gonna take some time and listen to their story and I'm going to trust that they'll listen to mine, mm. and I will pray that I'll be able to point them to Jesus. They had yeah. that's great. They had an outline. They went. They they were ready. F- uh, and so I hope it happened. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yesterday, this uh, you should follow Sunday up afternoon. And find I will. Out, yeah, I'd like to hear. I, yeah, that encourage it encourages my heart when I hear our body. When I hear those stories of our body impacting the community, Daniel's story, hmm. and he and James, like, um, I really, I really appreciate James. And so Daniel's story that he shared about he and James and the evangelism that they yeah. do, you kind of pulled that out of him, Mark, yeah. but I was really <laughs> In thankful the nine for service. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was nine really yeah. thankful for that. Um, and so I, I'd love to hear the results of that. Yeah. And, and I'll just share also, I mean, our Fellowship Family Podcast, I've been getting a chance to listen to other people's mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. who are family members here at Fellowship Bible Church. In the last couple of episodes, I've heard their testimonies of how they came to faith. The one that's being released this Friday, same thing. That's and neat. it's encouraging to hear from others in our body of, yeah, how they came to faith, what were the tools and the mechanisms besides just God's revealing himself through creation, what are the people involved, what were the... The things that that really shape their faith, yep. and and it's exciting to then be motivating for us to then oh, let me share my story. Yep. Let me pass that on to somebody else. Yep. What else can we look forward to, Mark? I know that um, you know there's another sermon well, coming up. Scott Santmeyer, se- our pastor series. of local outreach, is going to wrap up this four week little short series on evangelism. So this coming weekend, Scott Santmeyer is going to be talking about that, and we have a a, a new little uh, tool some resources on our website that we're, we're putting together and he's put together this uh, uh, a little little uh, I, I don't want to necessarily call it a gospel track but mm. it's it's a tool that can be used and it's a uh, very cleverly nicely artistically um, but very well done so that will be made available in fact we're going to hand it out yes right yeah. uh, so yeah. everybody who comes is going to get that and then you can there'll be a there's a copy of it on our on our website um, so that will wrap that up mm-hmm. um, 
Anything else that's happening this coming well, weekend? Well, this weekend is the end of overflow. Yeah. Mm. So, our, of course, God's love continues to overflow into us and should overflow. Right. We should still no love one another, right? <laughs> so we should continue in that. But kind of our churchwide focus on that is going to end this weekend. So we're going to actually, with those uh, books, I'm going to call it a book because it's a beautifully mm. done little book. Um, with those books, we're also going to hand out thank you notes to everybody. Right. And so we want everybody to, to really think through who, where they've seen God's love overflow. Um, it's really hard for us to go, hey, I overflowed God's love here or there. That feels like bragging. So we wanted the opportunity to encourage people. In they've, God's love has overflowed from them, and someone has seen it. Yeah. Mm. So, so write a thank parts. you note to that person, yes. thanking them for overflowing right. into right. my right. life. I already have, I already have a couple people, so I'm yeah. hoping there's. Thank I do you too. I'm hoping there's some mind. thank you notes left over, so yeah. next week I can can do a couple. And extra. of course, Neat. the following weekend is going to be our follow the star. So we're going to have a commissioning uh, for mm. those mm-hmm. uh, everybody volunteering, the hundreds of FBCers, and uh, just looking anticipating. Uh, the opportunity to, to share that uh, incredible mm-hmm. story of God's love to us, uh, bringing His Son into this world. Yeah. So December fourth and fifth. Yep. On FBC's campus driving tour, invite somebody. So go to the lobby this weekend if you haven't grabbed little business cards or postcards or invitation tools. Yep. Go check that out in the lobby this weekend. And then that starting December and for the next several months, we are going to begin a new uh, series uh, called "Every Story Whispers His Name." If that sounds familiar to some of you, um, eight years ago, we did the Old Testament part of that, Sally Lloyd-Jones book, hmm. Every Story Whispers His Name. And we're going to do the New Testament part, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that, uh, with the little introductory videos of the story book. And, and Those videos are cool. Like, I love them. Yeah, well, who's the guy, the British guy who... Oh, I, don't, I don't know who the narrator is of the videos. You recognize his name now. I'm, oh, my goodness, I should know this. Yeah. And and the stories are so incredibly well-written because we've been yeah. planning these worship services, and so I've actually had the storybook with me in the worship planning team meetings. And, um, like, I opened, and it just... It, well, Christmas Eve is going to be themed about wonder. Hmm. And so every time I open this book and I start to read, I feel like I re-experience the wonder of that mm-hmm. specific Bible mm-hmm. story. They're so very well written. Yeah. Yeah. And that is coming up and I would encourage you to go find that book. Go find the Every Story Whispers His Name book and if uh, you... the title of the book is the Jesus Storybook. Though. Okay. Let's make that clear. Oh, so the title yeah. of our sermon series is Every Story Whispers His Name. But the title of the book is the Jesus Storybook. Is it subtitled Every Story Whispers? Yeah, uh, it might. That might yes, be the it is subtitled the Jesus Storybook okay. Bible. Storybook. Subtitle Every Sally Story Lloyd Whispers Jones. His Name. Yeah. So yep. if you search for Every Story Whispers His Name, it's a little more challenging yep. to find. But it's okay. there. Amazon, every parent find and every it. grandparent should have a copy. It is a great book. Yep. I agree. So I'm I'm excited. Upcoming sermon series, upcoming Follow the Star. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, Rose, thanks again for being here. Oh, it was my pleasure. Yep. I, I love to talk. Looking so forward to having you again. I have to do. I'm fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Caleb, Alicia, we'll see you again soon. The fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until much, until next week, much love. God bless you.